Welcome to the F1 Pitcast, episode two. And it's go, 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 as said by our late Murray Walker. No, fantastic. And it is, um, it's really it's really appropriate that we've mentioned Murray Walker. We're going to get on to Murray later on in the pod because he's obviously, he's a massive figure in Formula One. It was, it was an incredibly sad, sad moment, um, obviously, that we all experience, and most importantly, the Walker family. And um, we'll get on to that. But we're going to start, uh, we're going to start with last week's pod. We're going to briefly, Ferrari did release their livery. Um, I'll spend about five seconds on it. There's a little bit of green on it. And there's a little bit of dark red slash burgundy at the back. And it's all it's all really exciting that they've done that. Um, so that's Ferrari out the way. Right then, the testing. Firstly, uh, did, did we watch it? What did we think? Oh, uh, we watched all of it. Definitely. Yes. So uh, there was uh, many, many hours and uh, the sandstorm was quite interesting, wasn't it? Oh, definitely. Um, so they had a, a few spins. Um lock up but uh the visibility would have been absolutely dreadful uh but uh yeah it added a bit of entertainment to the weekend and it was good to see uh good to see everyone back out on track again and uh see all the cars in person i think i've changed some of my opinions on some of the vehicles after seeing them in uh in the life uh on the uh on the track but uh that's that's me um grant, grant a... were you able to tune in mate oh uh, yeah i watched pretty much all of it as well to be honest with you uh Missed it so much, you know what I mean? It's too much to uh, too much to digress really for this uh, this podcast. Thing. But yeah, I watched a whole lot. I enjoyed it, man. I, like I said, I think the Red Bulls again um, have done their job. They would. No, you see, you did mention it last week that Red, Red Bull were one of your one of your teams to watch and teams to challenge and they look really well. Well, I'm going to start if you don't mind. Uh, I'm going to start with last year's champions. Uh, Mercedes, they had a weird one. Um, obviously, on day one, Valtteri Bottas only got six laps of running time, I believe. So, not really the start they wanted. Um, we saw Hamilton spin. Um, Grant, I'll dive to you first. Obviously, Mercedes, it, it wasn't the best. But then again, it wasn't It wasn't the worst. It was all a bit mediocre. No, it was just, uh, I think the accident sort of let them down. They had a few accidents here and there. And it sort of, I don't know, it sort of snowballed. And I think they didn't really get out of it, really. I mean, a Mercedes as an engine-wise, they completed the most laps. So I think they've got that under their belt, which they'll take from the whole the whole weekend. Um, but yeah, just I think it was like that sandstorm. It sort of it kicked Lewis's car around a bit, didn't it? And it caught him off guard. And um, I think he didn't really get out of the mentality of all. Oh, I've done a bit wrong here. He's not used to it. Um, I know yeah, one mistake. They're going to be a bit worried about Red Bull, definitely. No, definitely. I find it interesting um, that Mercedes have been they've hired their rake this year and uh, I'll talk about rake on the other cars in a moment but um, they've hired their rake slightly they had gearbox problems and that's why Bottas obviously had to come back in but unfortunately they've still got the same gearbox as last year so a lot of people will go well why are they having a problem with the gearbox but they've, con- they've changed so many other components on the car that it's no longer working properly with the car so they've uh, I think they've fixed that problem because they, they came out but we're silly to think that they're not going to be up the top. Come on. What was the comment say? The, the Samsung was caused by uh, Mercedes dropping one of their bags because they're constantly sandbagging. So that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, my opinion. They're definitely going to be up the top. Um, that's that's where they that's where they are. They've spent the whole of last year developing this car. It's not going to be as bad as we think it's going to be. And I think we'll have a nice shock when it comes to the race in two weeks' time. No, I do. And um, just looking at my notes, one thing um, that Mercedes haven't done um, that many teams have done is they haven't had their filming day yet. So they've still got 100 kilometres of, of sort of getting used to that car. And many teams like to release the car, have a filming day, whereas Mercedes have timed it quite well, in fact, whereby they get to see everyone else's car. They get to see all the data for everyone else. Um, they obviously do a little bit themselves. And then they're now going to spend 100 kilometres 
sometime, I'm not sure the exact day, but sometime between now and the first race, whereby they can sort of do a little bit of development, do a little bit of filming, and no one's really going to know about it. So in that, in that sense, the Mercedes we saw over this weekend is probably a completely different Mercedes to what we're going to see in two weeks' time. But I suppose that's why they're a seven-time world champion, because they know how to they know how to do these things. Well, hopefully. But then if you look at uh, the Aston Martin, uh, they, they are also not having a... They also don't have a very good test either, and they've got Mercedes engine. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, of course, I think they're going to be at the top again. But, uh, yes. Yeah. I, I just point I think Aston Martin, I think they 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 were a bit unlucky on the on the second day. I think their gearbox went, and on the second, I think their turbo went. But I think their engine would be fine. If they could sort out the reliability of their parts, I think they'll be fine. They, I mean, I love their car, their new car. It looks amazing. I think. No, I think oh, the colour is stunning as it goes around the track. As it catches the light, it is beautiful, yeah. beautiful colour. Yeah, they were just unlucky, I think, on the two reliability issues on the second and third day. But they don't, they don't good. Again, they they put a few laps when they could, and they look good. They did look good. Lance Stroll looked good on the they, second day. Done no, seventy laps. They did, but my um, I know obviously, I know, I know you can't really take it for a practice session. But you're right, they did look good. But I mean, obviously, on the final day on Sunday, they were six seconds off uh, the time. Yeah. Now, to me, I know, I know it's practice. I know they've had issues, but six seconds is a lot of time. Yeah, that's a turbo. That's, that's a turbo gone, mate. Six seconds left. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. That's, you've explained that brilliantly. Like Aston Martin for the World Championship then. Well, yeah, and we'll I think is... the time was set with the uh, the morning run as well. And obviously, the the times went up after the optimum running in the evening in the end. So, um, yeah, I think there's, we, there's more to see with them, definitely. No, definitely. And sticking with the Mercedes engines, I'd like to um, I'd like to bring McLaren into it. Obviously, on the first day, I was working myself, but I had to look at the timing charts and... It was lovely to see Dan Daniel Ricardo right at the top after the first morning practice session in that McLaren. It was. It was great to see him up there. And uh, I'm sure he felt very good about it as well. Um, there's a lot of hype about McLaren at the moment. But if you actually look at their lap times, they, they weren't that high. Uh, but there's a lot of hype about them uh, being being one of the, well, the third quickest team at the moment. And uh, do you know what? I love Ricardo to bits. I think he's fantastic, but I want to see Norris up there on the podium. It's Norris for me. He's uh, he's the young one who's he's, he's up and coming. Um, he's a little bit cheeky, and uh, he's a, he's a good driver. And I I want to see him do a little bit better this year. No, I um I agree, Grant. Have you what 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 are the opinions on McLaren after after three days of solid testing? Well, uh, slightly above midfield, I think. After looking at that, unfortunately. I regret saying it because obviously I want to see him do well as well, obviously with Norris as well. But I do think slightly above midfield at the minute after looking at that. No, it is. And then, uh, well, the final Mercedes engine, um, Williams. And Williams were not 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 weird and not surprising, but to give um, obviously the test driver, uh, Roy Nissany, a whole day of testing, um, I'm unsure, not the logic, but I'm unsure of the decision behind that because obviously you've, you've took four hours away from both Latifi and Russell. But, I don't think it was the right decision, but it was uh, money, wasn't it? So and then you paid with, to be in the car. Yeah, and then with that, obviously, um, obviously we didn't get to see George Russell in that new, new blue sort of Williams until the Sunday. But he had a really good day. I thought he had a really he put he put that Williams. I know, obviously, I know it's not qualifying. I know it's not race times, but he put that Williams quite high up on the time charts on on, on the how, Sunday. How many, how many laps did he get under his belt in the end? It was I'm not too sure how many laps he got. Yeah, but if you look at if you look at his race times um, and you take away the morning runners out of it, uh, we, he, I think we calculated he was coming around uh, 13th place, which is which is good. Um, it's good for the Williams, although uh, 
Russell did come out and say after that they haven't closed the gap as much as they thought they had. Um, so he did say that in, in an interview after. So it'd be it'd be interesting um, to watch him and see what he can he can do with that with that new car. Well, I think we all. I, I'm, I'm sure I could probably speak for every British F1 fan. I think we all want him to score at least one point in that car. <laughs> hopefully more. As long as he didn't split behind the safety car this time. <laughs> no, definitely. And um, I'd like to jump to the Honda-powered teams next. Um, Grant, I know obviously you have the thoughts on Red Bull. They had a brilliant showing. Um, I thought Max topping the charts on the Sunday. What What did you think about um, the Red Bull, the main team, Grant? Uh, well, uh, for me, I think it was a bit expected. Um, I've sort of been looking into them quite a lot over the winter and that. And I've just, I, I expected it, I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't really much to say other than that. I think their second driver again, Backed up well, um, yeah. Not not much to say. I think I just see him. I see him really pushing it. Really, really pushing it. Uh, how many laps they got? That's Honda. Honda got 791 laps under their belt over the weekend. That's not, that's not even too great if you compare it to Mercedes, who got double that. So I mean, their engine. They've done so much work on their engine. They showed by the lack of laps they've done the faith they've got in it. Does that makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the first race. I can see it that's sitting on pole with that red bull. No, definitely. And um, Laura's sticking with the Honda engines. Um, Alpha Tauri. I mean, Yuki Tsunoda on Sunday was brilliant. I, I don't oh, know. he was. He was really good. Absolutely oh, yeah, incredible driving from um, Yuki there, and um, it was good to see them um, up up the top like that. But if, if I take away from the engine, I don't want to take away from the engine because it's they've done an incredible job with it. But if there's one. Thing between those two cars that is exactly the same and it's the rake and it's absolutely ridiculously high but it's working for them um, and the Pirelli tyres are working better with the higher rake as well um, if you watch the onboard for the um, the Alpha Tauri and for the Red Bull that car is planted it is it, and it doesn't look like it was for the last few years when it was a little bit skitty a little bit over the place it is absolutely planted through the corners um, and yeah, I think uh, Mercedes have got a bit of a race on their hands this year and uh, Verstappen will be, and Perez, because Perez is up very close to Verstappen. They'll be very, very happy with themselves and their team this week. No, definitely. We'll jump to the, um, well, I don't know if we can call them the Renault-powered team, but the Alpine, um, it was lovely to see Alonso back on the charts. It was lovely to see Alonso doing really well on the charts. Have our opinions on Alpine F1 changed, Grant? Have we, have we got a new perspective on them after those three days? Uh, just the car looks very good still. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, uh, yeah, I've, 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 uh, Alonso done well. He put a lot, a lot of laps in. Um, I think you're getting used to the car. Um, and I haven't got much to really say on it, to be honest, on, on the Alpine. Laura, have you got any thoughts? Go on, go on, Laura. The car looks fantastic. Um, so, but there's a lot of changes. If you've seen some of the uh, comparison photos of it, the length of the nose, but also if you look at the nose, the width of it is tiny. And I don't know if that's because it's longer in perspective, but um, I remember when I first looked at it this weekend, I went, how are their legs fitting in that? Because it doesn't, it looks too thin. Um, they've had a lot of changes on bodywork there, but um, they, the car's driving well. Um, it's, I mean, it's one of those mid-teams. Um, so they've done well this weekend. Uh, they've, they've been fairly re reliable. So um, I don't think there's any worries with them, really. No, definitely. Then we'll jump to to finally the the three Ferrari engines. I'd like to start um at the back with Haas. Um, my perspective is it was lovely to see Mick Schumacher, see the Schumacher name back on the timing charts. But I think Haas have sort of shown, yeah, they weren't the slowest, but they've sort of shown they're probably not going to be challenging at all this season. 
But Nikita Mazpin and Schumacher might be quite exciting to watch. I don't there's really too much more. I don't know, Laura, what, what do we think about Haas? Oh, obviously, though, we want to see Michael Schumacher, a mix Schumacher, doing really, really well. And uh, he came out and said that he wanted the MSC um, abbreviation of his name because he's got a sentimental feeling to it and obviously because of his dad. So that was really nice to see him out on track. Um, Mazepin, um, putting my opinions aside for, from him, uh, he, he didn't make too many mistakes this week uh, weekend. However, uh, he did have a little bit of a tussle with Giovinazzi. Um, and this is testing. This shouldn't be happening. It's ridiculous. No one's come out and said anything about it because um, there was another tussle between another two, but they both apologised to each other. Um, but I just hope that he keeps it clean in the race, honestly. Um, it's a dangerous sport and we don't need another danger in there. And I don't want him to be um, putting someone else in the wall unnecessar unnecessarily. And can get Grant, my words out there. Grant, I know you said that Mazepin was going to be one of those exciting, uh, breath of fresh air kind of drivers uh, with, with regards to his style. I know, obviously, um, I think I sent into a, a chat um, an incident with him and Lewis Hamilton. Obviously, you've mentioned Laura um, with Mazepin and Jovanac's having a tussle. Grant, what would, as Mazepin, has he impressed you? Has he, has he done what he expected you to do? Well, yeah, he proved, he proved what I expected, I think, really. And um, I think that little incident where he come off the last bend and Lewis spun, I think he made a little bit more out of that than he needed to, really. Because if, if you watch his movement on the, hand, on the steering wheel, he slightly moves more to left than he needed to. He, wasn't, he was already positioned well coming off that corner. Yeah. I think, I think he, made, he made the most of it because he, he, he knows you can use Lewis Hamilton to your advantage because you've got a name to use there. I, I believe he used that to his advantage, that situation. Um, what concerned me was his laugh. Why ha-ha it at the start? That was that was a strange... Even the commentators picked up on it at the time. It was a ha-ha, I nearly hit him. Fully aware he was being recorded at the time, I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little publicity thing, isn't it? He, he did make more of it, didn't it? Watch his hand movements on the steering wheel. You'll see him slightly move over. I know what he... Nikita knows. He knows he's not going to be liked and he knows he's not going to... But he doesn't care because... Yeah. I know, he did well he's in it, yeah, he did well in F2, don't get me wrong, but he didn't set it on fire. We didn't, like, Callum Eilat did better than him. Uh, Robert Schwartzman did better than him, but he's got the seat and he ain't going to lose it. Uh, yeah. Especially with, you know, as it, or, or Ural Cali backing him. He, he could be in that seat for years to come, so he ain't bothered. But, no, but point, point to prove, I think. Yeah. Exactly. And then with um, sticking with Ferrari, and I know obviously Laurie mentioned Giovinazzi then, um, Alfa Romeo, the only thing I've really got to say is it's, it's lovely to see how many laps Kimi Raikkonen wants to do. He just wants to drive that car. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> there is not an awful lot to say. Um, was it 164 yeah. laps, I think he done, wasn't it? In, on he's just, he's just driving round and round and round, and he's like... He's got, his neck he's got to keep his neck muscles strong enough, hasn't he? So uh, he's the oldest driver on the track. Uh, is he now? The, now how long is he there? Are they similar age? I think he's um, the oldest, 41. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's, it's nice to see them still there. Uh, we just don't have a lot to say about them. I don't think they're going to be battling that much this year. Um, it's just not a very exciting team for me, but that's my opinion. Um, I'm sure other people have a, a completely different opinion to me. Yeah, other, other opinions are available. However, yes. as a collective, I don't know if I'll include you or not on this ground, is Alfa Romeo a, a pretty dull um, with regards to excitement levels, they just sort of get on with the job. Uh, Grant, would you, would you agree? They just sort of get on with it. I, I think they're going to be a, have a lot of fighting with has to do personally this season. So it'd be, back, like, back I, I don't guys. mind watching back in races. Anyways, it'd be good to watch. But um, yeah, I don't think there'll be anything on there other than the fact that Michael Schumacher's son is racing. Yeah, <laughs> and um, fight or well, finally the final team is Ferrari. Um, I mean, yeah, there's. 
it's a weird one. I didn't really see too much of the clerk. I thought Carlos Sainz did well in the Ferrari. Again, I don't, I don't after watching that, and I know I said in the last podcast they can finish anywhere from second to seventh. After watching them in testing, I still think they can finish anywhere from second to seventh. I haven't changed my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Same, I, I agree with you completely on that one. Uh, well, I we'll, think they've had their engine turned down. Um, I don't think they've run uh, full on what they should be. Um, and what were they saying? They were getting um, getting some of the other teams to um, to, to run their higher engine modes uh, so they didn't have to. Um, and that that's a potential because we, we know what Ferrari are like. They like to keep, uh, keep their uh, secrets to themselves for a little while, don't they? So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll watch them out on tra- track. I think they've got more this year. They would have developed so much after what happened to them last year. So, um, yeah, we'll see second, them. Uh, second highest amount of laps covered, Ferrari. Uh, 1,220, I believe. And they did it all without us having too much to say about it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got on with it, didn't they? Um, but no, so that, that's pretty much testing done. Um, after that testing, I know, um, obviously, uh, Grant, you asked a question on the last pod. Who do you think is going to win that first race before testing? Um, yeah. I'd like to ask you all the same question again. Grant, I'll start with you. After watching testing, who do you think is going to win the first race in Bahrain in two weeks? Uh, same. I think Max. Still the same. Yeah, Laura? Uh, I'm going to go with Hamilton. I think they're going to pull out a showstopper. And, and again, I'm still sticking with Bottas. So that's um, yeah. That's it's, it, it, it's changed our opinions, but it hasn't really. It's um, it was ni- <laughs> it was nice to it was nice to to be honest. I know it was Friday Saturday. It was nice to wake up on a Sunday and be like, right, Formula One's on today, uh, because it's been it's been. I know it hasn't been that long. The off season wasn't as long as normal, but it, it was nice to have Formula One back. And oh, for it, me, it's the whole weekend. So it's the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday. When the Formula One's on, it's, it's uh, we make a whole weekend of it. So uh, yeah, very much looking forward to uh, everything across the summer. No, fantastic. And um, we'd like to end our pod, or not end, but um, we'd like the main feature of our podcast this week to be about, obviously, the late, great Murray Walker, the OBE. Uh, Mr. Walker, um, 10th of October, 1923 to the 13th of March, 2021. For many people, um, he was a voice of Formula One. He, he voiced it from 1976 to 2001 for both ITV and the BBC. He had a brief stint in 2005, making guest appearances for Sky, for Channel 4, um, for BBC and ITV as well. Um, he became famous for his um, his fast-paced, his encyclopedic knowledge of Grand Prix racing. Uh, he always used to stand while commentating, and, and he always used to make his comical blunders. They became later known as the Murrayisms. Uh, and he was for, well, for anyone who's watched Formula One, he is the voice. I I was unfortunate if I wasn't able to watch Formula One during, during Murray Walker's time, but I know for, well, if I put on a Michael Schumacher clip, if I put on a Alan Prost clip, I know that Murray Walker's going to be on there and it's a massive part of Formula One. Uh, Laura, I'm just going to jump to you first, obviously, you know, just to talk about Murray Walker and then and then Grant will fly to you after. But Laura, please. Well, it's about. a massive loss. Yeah, massive loss for Formula One this week. Um, and obviously thoughts go out to Murray Walker's family and the people who are close to him. Um, he instilled the excitement of the Formula One races uh, when he commentated. And yes, he got a few things wrong and he claimed them as well. So he knew how to commentate like that. Um, but yeah, uh, growing up as, as a child, he was the one that we would listen to uh, on the races. He was the voice that we would hear and he was the one that would make us excited about what we were seeing on the screen. And uh, I think that's for a lot of people my age um, who have grown up watching Formula One. Uh, they, they know him for that. Um, 
I just want to uh, recap on what uh, Damon Hill said, because I think this was um, a wonderful tri tribute from Damon Hill um, when he said it is now us that has a lump in our throats. And I thought that was an incredible tribute uh, to Murray Walker. Um, so there, that's my my part for him. No, it was lovely. And, and Grant, I know, obviously, I know you wanted to say a piece about, about Murray as I, well. Yeah, just really how good he was at his job, really. Um, I mean, I've listened to a lot of sports over the years, so like cricket, cricket football um he's the best commentator there is really i mean you've got banal from cricket uh, there was um who else was there like john watson he's got some well-known sayings um chris Kamada, unbelievable jeff um i just murray walker when i used to listen to formula one even if nothing really that exciting was going on you'd still just want to listen it was just i think it was his voice it was his enthusiasm for for what he was watching and what he believed when I was, what, five, I think I was five years old when I first watched my Formula One race. And, uh, yeah, he was commentating. I can't even quite remember what race it was, but I know he was very, very excited. And as a kid, it was just, it got you more infused into what you was watching. It was a very, he's a very iconic man. He's up there with some of the greats in all sports. Yeah, John Moxley, David Miller. Yeah, yeah he, he will he'll forever be remembered. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, definitely. No, definitely. And it's, it's a lovely way to end, uh, speaking about uh, Murray and obviously the impact he's had on everyone from the days of Nicky Lauda to the days of Michael Schumacher and everything in between. And obviously he's been in and out as well um, for the past 20 years since he officially stopped being the main commentator. Uh, and a massive part of Formula 1's history of some 50 years is, is almost voiced by Murray Walker. And it, it's, it's something that it's difficult now to 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 understand and appreciate what it was like, but living through it, growing up through it, it's it's special. It, it will always it'll be one of those whereby twenty thirty years time you'll be there and you'll be like, I remember Murray Walker screaming, and it's Michael Schumacher or Nigel Mansell or or Ayrton Senna, uh, all of the greats, and and he voiced it all, and he voiced that period. Um, so yeah, so the the whole of the picture, myself, Laura, and Grant, obviously, we send our best wishes to the Walker family and to all the fans of Formula One who obviously are upset by this tragic, tragic news. But on a on a different note, our next podcast um, will be coming out, I believe it'll be coming out after the Bahrain Grand Prix. Would that be correct, guys? Yep. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Bahrain. Uh, no, definitely. So that'll be, that'll be coming out, uh, hopefully, um, within the next two weeks. But we'd like to thank everyone for listening again. Um, we had a, a lovely, a, a brilliant response to our last podcast, and, and we're really, really happy and it, it means an awful lot to all of us. So we look forward to hearing from you next time. And I suppose the only way I can end it is by saying, and it's go, go, 